couple of wins over Philadelphia to talk about. We've got some Sabres chasing some milestones for the season, a Vegas playoff chase update, and I got a question for Jordan about Victor Olofsson. That's all ahead here on the Locked On Sabres podcast. Your Locked On Sabres, your daily podcast on the Buffalo Sabres. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of the Locked On Sabres podcast brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Thank you for making us your first listen every day. Jody Biasi, Jordan Hanskin here on the Locked On Sabres podcast. Thanks for making us your first watch every day, too. Check us out on YouTube. Uh, we are trying to get to 1,000 subscribers. We're getting there. So hit that subscribe button. You're not allowed to watch us without hitting it. That's not technically true, but hit the button. Um, Jordan, we might be qualified as YouTubers soon. Like some of the numbers that we look at for like our downloads and our listens, like we're getting more views on our YouTube channel on some of these episodes. I feel like we're, we're close to graduating to YouTuber status. That's big. It's big. Do you rather be a YouTuber Um, or a podcaster though? Um, I think you want to be a YouTuber as well. I think you want to be multifaceted. Swiss Army knife, right? Yeah, yeah. You want to yeah, be, no. be skilled in many. You want to be uh, diverse in your in your profile or your portfolio. So yeah, hit us on the subscribe button. Uh, we're getting there. We appreciate everybody that's done it so far. We know people are doing it because we're seeing it go up. Um, yeah, we got a couple wins over Philadelphia to talk about today from the weekend. That was fun. We got some milestones that a couple of Saber players are chasing, and I'll ask Jordan if he thinks they're going to get there by the end of the regular season. We've only got, is it four games left? We're down to four games remaining. And Jordan, you know you're feeling good about a team when there's four games left. And it's sad that there's four games left as opposed to past years. You would get to March and you'd just be like, just end it. Oh, I, I agree. I think that I'm like legitimately sad there's only four more Sabre games. Um, I'm excited for the future. Um I'm excited for next season, which I think is, we were not saying that a year ago. Um, so that's, that's a lot of, that's a, that's a lot of positivity. Um, I think the Sabres once again have, I think I've talked about this multiple times is the flexibility to be very creative this off season. Um, but the one thing that is guaranteed is they're going to have to spend some money, which is also exciting. Like the Sabres are not in the position where they should, they can shed salary. They got to, um, you know, buy some players, which I think is great. Um, but there's also a concern with that. Um, I don't know what you think about this, but like, how nervous are you that they're going to mess it up and they're going to like have terrible contracts? I see. I'm not because I almost don't feel like they can go crazy enough to get themselves in trouble because, Mm -hmm. They're $50 million under the salary cap. Like, right. is it possible they spend $50 million? I don't think it is. So I don't mm-hmm. know if it's within the realm of possibility that they would overspend and get themselves in trouble just because, like, there's there's $25 million they have to spend. So, like, that's four players right there. Maybe, maybe three if you spend a lot on a couple. So I don't think I'm there. And I think... 
I think Kevin Adams, you correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I, I feel like he's the type of guy that he'll learn from past mistakes made by other GMs. And he was in the organization. Remember, he was just he was in the organization. He was just on the business side of things. He was there when Tim Murray floored it and burned up all the prospects and picks. And he would have been in the organization too when Darcy was there and just kind of sat on his hands all the time. So I think I, the one thing I would describe him as is patient or shrewd. Yeah, like, I don't think he's like I don't I don't think he's like a perfect GM. I think he's done a good job. He's done a good um, job. I think he's done a good job. But like I think uh. Like, I, I don't think there's much aggression. Like, I, he's like, he's definitely not an aggressive general manager. I don't think so. Um, no. Yeah. The only, I think the Taylor Hall thing is probably his most aggressive move. And, that's and I think crew. that kind of like fell into his lap a bit. I think it was, it was a like, Taylor Hall's like, I think that was yeah, a Kruger And move. it was, it was a Kruger move. And it was like, and to be honest, like, it didn't seem like the Sabres were all like, the, the deal was so Hall friendly. Mm-hmm. That it was like, I think the only way they got him was with that absurd deal. Um, but yeah, right. I'm excited for that. I think that that's going to be interesting. Um, the Sabres have been just great, and it it stinks that there's not going to be games. Yeah, no, uh, they were amazing. They were great in the two games against Philadelphia over the weekend. Um, a four to three win on uh, Saturday, and then a five to three win. On Sunday, good weekend to take the overs on the Sabres. Uh, I had them pl- over three and a half goals last night against that, whoever that backup guy was that they had in there. Uh, but I thought they played great. The Saturday game, they were dominant. I mean, shot attempts were 41 to 18 in favor of the Sabres. And the defense pairings are a big reason for it. I think I saw the Yoki Haru power pairing. Shot attempts were 18 to 1 when they were on the ice. 18 to one. That's from Saturday's game. I don't think they were as good Sunday, but they were still good. Uh, and Darlene Samuelson has been, I think they're at like a 70 to 80% expected goals rate as a pairing since they've been put together. I mean, this is what we dreamed of though, right? Like we were talking about this when power got called up is all, oh, could you imagine how good the potential is of Darlene Samuelson power and Yoki Haru and like a weekend to those two pairings. They look awesome. Oh, I know. I I think that that's like the biggest tell for me is that the Sabres spend, what is it? So you combine the minutes of Darlene's pairing and Powers pairing Mm -hmm. and you get to around like 40 something minutes, 42 minutes. That's like 42 minutes of like, we've extended zone time. Like, especially with the power is great at this. Power is great at keeping a puck in and getting it back to a forward right away. Like, Mm -hmm continuing zone time um i think that that's like that's been his top skill thus far um and that that's just like that's huge the sabers were not that type of team for a long time we were the ones that were like always in our own end bottled up and maybe we'll get like a counter going the other way but with powers acquisition they they have now 40 something minutes where they can really dominate i think that the the Fitzgerald Bryson pairing is definitely the weakest um, by a good yep. margin. Um, but that's to be expected. It's a third pair on a not so good team. Um, but even then, like you could mix them up if you wanted to. Um, I think Darlene's actually looked pretty good on his off offside. I loved him there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, he seems more confident. He's more willing to go into the offensive play. I feel from that spot. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, we were also playing. You have to temper the expectations a little bit because we were playing a. They were terrible. The Flyers are terrible. I'll I'll say that flat <laughs> out. They're really bad. Yeah. Um. I think they're the like. Besides, I I don't remember playing Arizona. We haven't played them so long. But like the Flyers are like the worst team I've seen play hockey in a long time. <laughs> they're bad. They're so they're so bad. bad. They're yeah. so bad. They they refuse to rebuild too. I've been reading about them. Like we're the Flyers, we don't rebuild. It's like okay, you're gonna be bad for a while then. Uh, I think the Rangers said that for a long time too, and they <laughs> right. Um, power like a lot of the numbers look really good at five on five. Samuelson, Dalene has been since they've been put to, like the last week. It's only a week, but they're like they're like the best pairing in the NHL, and I think Dalene. Uh, I think I've liked him a lot on his offside. There's one play that will break down from Sunday's win over the Flyers, the goal by Anders Bjork that I think is very uh, representative of the benefit that you have having Rasmus Dahlin on his offside. And Dahlin, when asked about moving over, he said there is, he said it in his own words, there's more offensive upside, he believes, playing on the right than playing on the left. I think this play, you tell me if I'm microanalyzing this too much, but I think when you watch this goal, which we're going to show on YouTube here, of Dahlin's pass at the center ice mark to Anders Bjork, who goes in alone and scores, I, I think Dahlin, I don't know if this pass gets through, if this is a right shot defenseman. Maybe this is what Dahlin came out of, more offensive ability, more offensive upside playing on the right. Look at the angle here. Look at the angle. There's Dahlin at center, and there's a flyer player that's like he's – kind of taking the right angle on Darlene if Darlene was a righty. Think of it, Darlene's on the right hand, right side here, like about to make this pass. His angle's not as good, and the flyer player might be able to get his stick in there, but because he's on his left, I mean, he's his angle is like 10 times better to be able to execute that pass to Anders Bjork. And like, I don't know, maybe that pass still gets through if he's a righty, but look when he lets go. I mean, if he's a righty, he's got to go through the stick of the flyer. He's a lefty. He does not have to go through the stick of the flyer. So that's just one example of it. But like Jordan, I'm I'm ready to see him stay on that side for an entire season. Not just for that, but also like your personnel is a part of it as well. If he could go to your right, I mean, that allows you to have those four guys we talked about, Samuelson, Power, Tent, Yoki, Haru, and Dalene. If Dalene goes to his right, that allows you to have all four of them in your top four. Yeah, I agree. Um, I agree with that, all, all of what you said. Um, it also gives maybe the Sabres a more likelihood of keeping Johnson around. Um, yeah, oh, right. Like that, exactly. that, yeah. that last left-handed spot becomes available. Um, sure. makes Just makes everything like more manageable for the Sabres. Um, I still think they should look to upgrade Bryson. Um, but it's still like, I, I think that that, that gives us much more of a stronger top four. Cause I was wondering for Samson is like, Samson going to want to be like a third pair defenseman his entire career. I like, think he's better than that. I think he's better, think than, he's that. better than that. Too. <laughs> I, I think he's been, I am sure at the end of the year, we'll do like, what are our favorite things? Samson's at the top of my list. Like out of nowhere, out of nowhere. Did he get, did he get this, this much better? Him and Dave Thompson are like. Like they blossomed yeah. into something like very strong. I think Samuelson to a lesser extent, he still hasn't scored, but like mm-hmm. defensively, he's been as steady as like a young player. You could ask a young player to be, he's more steady than Darlene on defense, mm-hmm. but that's Darlene. You know, Darlene is who he is. I think he's going to be, 
He's going to be an offensive force that maybe lets us lose a few on the back end. But yeah. Um, yeah. Like Samuelson, but, like you want to give him more minutes because he deserves more minutes. And it's, it's, it's great to see that they, that they made the move. Cause I was questioning like what they were going to do when power came in and I was interested to see it. And I think Granado made the right call again. So yeah. good on him. I Samuelson, by the way, still looking for his first NHL goal. That's I know it's crazy, um, but I feel like he's getting a he's got he has a lot of chances. Him and does. power, power's had a, power's had a ton. I have had power as an anytime goal scorer three games in a row, and he's had all these chances. And it's his like odds are always too. It's like yeah, plus like, seven hundred. I had a plus a thousand uh, like last week. Like John Hayden is sitting there at plus seven hundred. John Hayden, the guy whiffing. doesn't even play. The guy's even, he's not even dressed. Right. Like, oh my God. Like I, but I've come so close and I haven't got there. Um, I did. I feel like you got to keep doing it though until he gets it. Were you, did you, you weren't here when, uh, when I talked about my, my Asplund bet against Toronto last week, that was after mm-hmm. you were on before that. I Jordan, that, that part, I'm still not over that parlay. I had, I had, I had Sabres under six and a half against Toronto Sabres Leafs under six and a half or under seven and a half, whatever. No, under seven. I don't remember. Uh, then I also had the Sabres to win on the money line against Toronto, which is like plus 380. And then I had, I'm like, who am I going to pick to score? Oh, yeah, let's go with Asplund. He hasn't scored in like a month and a half. I picked Asplund to score at like plus like a billion. And he scores the empty netter that also causes me to lose the under and I lose a parlay that would have paid paid out like 400 bucks. Well, uh, okay. So it doesn't hurt that because you were going to lose no matter what. Right. I already knew I was going to lose, but it had to it be It would have stunk if he scored a second. Break I, me over. Yes, that would have been even worse. <laughs> oh, I'm still not over it. I've had a bad betting week with the Sabres. Um, we'll we'll come back though. We'll talk about some milestones, including one that Darlene has already hit, and a couple other players. Tage Thompson, Dylan Cousins. There's a couple other players that are nearing some benchmarks, uh, points wise, goal wise, that they're very close to getting. And I'll ask Jordan if he thinks they're going to get there by the end of the season. That's coming up here on the Lockdown Sabres podcast. Before we get into any of that, though, I want to tell you about athletic greens i've been using the vitamin drops that athletic greens sent us over the last couple of weeks i think it's really helping me the shakes are really good in the morning as well they got a bunch of other different products you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins minerals whole source superfoods probiotics and adaptogens to help you start your day right special blend of ingredients supports your gut health your nervous system your immune system and for me i the one i've noticed the most is my energy it's really helping uh with my energy throughout the day i'm down to one cup of coffee a day i'm not saying that they've solved that they're the they're the the immediate fix for that but i do think that uh, it's helping a lot um lifestyle friendly good for keto paleo vegan dairy free or gluten-free contains less than one gram of sugar no gmos no nasty chemicals and athletic greens cost you less than three dollars a day you're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit you're investing in all-in-one nutritional insurance athletic greens over seven thousand five-star reviews recommended by professional athletes and trusted by leading health experts as well to make it easy athletic greens is going to give you free one-year supply of immune supporting vitamin d and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Jody Biasi, Jordan Hanskin back here on the Lockdown Sabres podcast at Sneaky Joe Sports at JR Hanskin. Jordan fresh off a week with, uh, I heard he had three birdies on one round. I heard, he told me he had three birdies in one round. 
Um, how many how many times did you golf last week? Uh three in a row. Oh, I'm so jealous. It's snowing here. Not even kidding. Like I, it's snowing here. <laughs> no, it's I, I can't turn my webcam around because it's kind of like locked into place on my desktop. But if I turned it out this window right here, I'm not even kidding. Uh, brutal. Uh, golf simulators though. Those things. Huge, huge. I play. Um, I played uh, St. Andrews last week. That is cool. St. Andrews, I I think is surprisingly easy. It is. It's stupid though because you'll hit it right down the fairway, and there's just a shrub right in the middle <laughs> of the fairway. Or there's pot bunkers. Literally, it's like a. It's like a. It's like whack a bowl. Oh, there's I do know. The, I do know about the pot bunkers oh. and stuff. Like in the middle of the fairway too. Like at least put them in the rough. Like I, I, I hate hitting a perfect drive down the middle. But you're right. It's so open that I shouldn't complain about it. Um, I can't wait to golf, man. I cannot wait to golf. Like for real. Uh, Sabers and uh, Flyers from the past weekend, and we're now at 78 games played on the season. Uh, I'm gonna ask Jordan if he thinks there's a couple of Sabers that are gonna hit certain milestones, certain benchmarks for the season with four games to go. Uh, let's start with the Sabers though, in general. They're at 69 points with four games left. Do you think that – would you bet on them to reach 75 points? That would be six points on their final eight. And while that might sound like a lot even for them, they've been playing really well. They're at a – since March 1st, the Sabres are at a 99-point pace. A 99-point pace. The sad They're part playing. is I don't think that would – that still wouldn't make the playoffs. It would come very close. Washington's at 94 with six games to go. So, yeah, they'd, they'd probably just miss, but they'd be in it right to the very end. <laughs> it's we gonna would take stick, that. Like, would we take that? No, I, I would. I would, but, but actually, it's like somebody's got to fall apart. Like, we need one of these teams to break, break out, like, break down. Yeah. <laughs> one of these eight. Yeah, somebody. I think I think the Rangers are vulnerable for that. I think Washington's vulnerable for that. Uh, I think Pittsburgh is too. I, I mean, how how much more Pittsburgh can I take? Listen, Malkin and Latang are free agents. Like they got to resign. If they don't resign, then they could go way down. He's uh, got a lot so of money. For stop. <laughs> well, we have off season. We have too many too many off season shows. The eighteen minutes in to throw an Evgeny Malkin topic in. Uh, four <laughs> games left. Time timestamp the podcast. <laughs> Jordan at wants the, Malkin. <laughs> oh my God! At the Devils, home <laughs> Islanders. At the Bruins, home Chicago. So three, three bad teams out of four, and they are at the Bruins mixed in there. Do they get to seventy-five points? They're at sixty-nine. I'll say yes. Okay, um, I'm I'm confident in the team as a whole right now. Mm-hmm. I think that they're at their they're playing their best right now. Um, so I'm not even really that scared of the Bruins. Um, I think they're, they'll at least compete. Um, now I do know that they've, when they play against the really good teams, they tend to get smoked. Like they yeah. still lose to the lightning by a billion. Um, but yeah, I, I'm pretty confident in the Sabres to get six points. Florida too. They're, they're going to get into overtime too. That's true. Uh, Tage Thompson, 36 goals in 74 games played. He missed a couple. So four games remaining. Tage Thompson needs Four goals to reach 40 goals. He had two on Sunday. Do you think, would you bet on Tage Thompson to reach 40 goals? Uh, this one, I don't think he's going to get. Okay. I'll say I wonder if Granado, though, will like empty net situations, like if they're going to try to force Oh, him. I mean, yeah, I, I think that's possible. Um, and I think he should. 
Um, because I think Tage is actually a pretty good guy for that anyway. Um, in those situations. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, I I just don't for a goal games hard. Goal games really hard. Yeah, so I'll say no for that. Do you know when the last time a Saber scored forty goals is? It's Vanek, right? I'm checking right now. I thought I would have the answer this quickly. I'm usually pretty quick at finding. You know, Skinner had it. Skinner had 40 goals. Oh, yeah. Skinner had 40 goals. Yeah. yeah. Never mind. I thought it was Vanek, too. But you're right. Icon- um, iconically, he became, right. he got, you get, became a $10 million man. Uh, this one might be easy or easier. Jeff Skinner's at 58 points with four games to go. Does he get to 60 points? Sure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes. Uh, Yes. Uh, Rasmus Dahlin got to 50 points last night. So not going to include that one, but amazingly, I was stunned by this. He's the first Sabre defenseman to reach 50 points since Ga- Gary Galley in 1996. Like Brian Campbell never got to 50 points, but I guess he didn't. Uh, That's crazy. Because uh, any of those six guys that were on those teams, they scored so spot, many goals. Spot check didn't get there. Really? <laughs> like, like, even okay. like Teppo, like they were logging a lot of minutes. Tapa would have those seasons where he'd score two goals and he'd have 35 assists. 38 yeah. assists. Just like I would have thought like Lud- even like a guy like Ludman may have had like 48 assists. <laughs> <laughs> it felt that way. Uh, 48 no- secondary assists. Jitnik never got there either. Like I thought Jitnik yeah, would have had a guy. shot at it. Uh but so very surprising. I know Leopold had that season where he had like 13 goals, but it's like that's right. He never um, got he didn't get enough assists. Myers rookie year apparently didn't get there either. The the Calder trophy year, you might have thought he could have got there. Um, okay, what else do we got here? We've got Dylan Cousins. Four games to go. He needs three points to reach 40 points. Does Dylan Cousins get three points in four games? He's currently sitting on 37 points in 75 games. So about a point the, every other game. The thing that's tough with him is that he's um his role is different. Like that's not his role. Like I think he's been mostly the defensive guy. Um, and he's done it pretty well. Uh, I'll say yes. I'll say yes. I bet. I bet he gets a couple in there. Okay, but uh, he doesn't get much. He. I don't think. He, I don't see him on the power play all that much. Oh no, he he plays that second unit because he's the, the one second unit. To, okay, he's been setting so he up. Gets like, yeah. He gets like thirty seconds or so. That's right, forty seconds. Uh, nobody else is really that close to a big benchmark. I guess Alex Tuck. Alex Tuck needs four points to get to forty. 40 points, and he played, like, what, 50 games? Uh, he's at 46, so he'll end up playing 50 if he plays the final four. I mean, that's, that's exciting that's good. for him. Like, he's been, he's been real good for us. And he's been switched with uh, – he started playing more with Krebs. That's right. Yeah, they moved They moved him off. They had Olofsson up with the uh, the Skinner in uh, Tom. Olofsson has earned it. Olofsson's been, like, a goal-scoring machine lately, so – and I've got a question for you about Victor Olofsson. Right when I, come I, back. I figured this was going to come up as something. Uh, here on the Lockdown Sabres podcast. Before I ask Jordan, though, about Victor Olofsson, what do I want to tell you about? I want to tell you about Built Bar. Uh, giving up all my New Year's resolutions. Not this one, though. I'm still eating I'm still eating right. I'm eating healthy. Uh, I've been doing keto throughout the whole year. I know Jordan's been doing keto as well. Built Bar fits right in. Four net carbs nestled in there. Got to be below 20 for me. And that four net carbs, perfect for my breakfast. Tastes like a candy bar. The puffs are like a candy bar. 
Uh, they can't get over t- telling everyone how good the brownie batter built bars are. 100% covered in chocolate, a billion different flavors, whatever you like. They got it. Mint brownie, coconut, cookie dough, white chocolate cookies and cream is new this new this month. Uh, shamrock shake. That might have been a limited time edition. You might still be able to get it. That one's good, too. Uh, go to built.com right now. Use the promo code locked 15. You'll get 15% off your order. Use the code locked 15 for 15% off at built.com. This episode is also brought to you by betonline.net, your number one source for all your betting stats and sports information. If you're looking for the latest on betting trends, if you're looking for what the Sabres rate of hitting the over is this season. You can find that there. You can look up how the Sabres, how good they are covering the puck line when they're at home. They got everything for you at betonline.net. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Speaking of BetOnline, did you bet any USFL this weekend? It was a five. Was a I, I did not. Ride. I, I don't know who the players are, so I'm not going to do it. <laughs> Paxton Lynch, man. I'm I'm a Birmingham Stallions guy, though. They all play in. They it's so cheating. They all play in Birmingham. The whole league is in Birmingham. Did you know that? Well, I'm a I'm a Stallions guy. Okay. Um, <laughs> Any comment on that? It was not an enjoy. I'm not. <laughs> it was not an enjoyable experience uh, betting on the USFL. Just stick stick to hockey or uh, <laughs> basketball parlays. Ooh, I'm all in on that. Ride with the Stallions. Uh, <laughs> uh, Jody Biasi, Jordan Hanskin here on the Lockdown Sabres podcast. Uh, Victor Olsson, I got into it a little bit with people on Twitter. Not really got into it. I feel like there wasn't a lot of, uh, not a lot of aggressiveness. There wasn't a lot of. It wasn't very. Um, it was a mild. Yeah, it was it was a calm, cool, and collected type of sports debate uh, on what to do with Victor Olsson. And I really, I guess it was just because I took issue with the idea that, like, don't even suggest trading him. Like, I don't need to trade him. I don't want it to come off that way. So it might sound like I'm carrying the flag for send Victor Olofsson away. Uh, He's scoring, and he's playing great. He's been awesome on the power play, and even his five-on-five numbers have been a lot better. And not just because he's been playing with with Thompson and Skinner. That's been more of a recent phenomenon. So I, I guess... I just kind of want to champion you. It's worth a talk. It's worth a discussion. I think there, there are very few players in this team. I don't even, I don't want to have a trade discussion at all. Well, not very few. There's a list though. Never about Dylan cousins. Never about Peyton Krebs, Alex Tuck, Tage Thompson, Jeff Skinner. There's no point. Darlene Samuelson. Uh, who else? Power. Of course, uh, Paterka and Quinn. Of course we wouldn't at all. I think that's the team. I think that will that's be the, the list. Team. Like that's that'll the be list. the team in, in a year or two. Right. So anyone that's not on that list, I don't need to send out. But if you're not critical to the build of the core, then I'm willing to have a talk about it. And I, I guess, how do you feel about this? I would not, I would not list Victor Olofsson as someone that is critical to the build of the core. I agree with you. I think he is not. I think he is... To me, I I label him as a guy that I don't think I think the Sabres are doing them a disservice by actively getting rid of him. Sure. Like I but I would field calls for sure. Like I, I don't think he is not an important piece to me. But the Sabres are not in the position where they could just send goal scorers away. Like mm-hmm. they he's a he's a goal scorer and the Sabres need goals. 
So, especially from secondary lines and secondary spots. I know he's playing with Thompson right now, but like I, I do think that he has a value. I just don't think it's that high. Like, and it, it'll be interesting to see one if anybody's willing to offer Cheatham. I don't think they will be. Um, and like what he's commanding, like what does he want? Um, he's in a weird spot because he didn't have an amazing year, but he's, he's having got, a good he's arbitration end eligible. Yeah. And it's like, does he does he want arbitration? Does he think he'll win that? Um, I think he does. He probably would. I I bet he would. Like, mm. I bet it, I bet it would benefit him more than the Sabers, um, because yeah. he could just say like, look at all the goals I scored. <laughs> like, right. Um. But yeah, like I, I'm I'm not like in like I'm not in yeah. need of Victor Olson. I think there are Victor Olsons around the league. Like, I don't think Victor Olsons are a rare, rare thing. There's a Victor Olson a good tree? Shot. Is what you're saying? There's a Victor Olofsson tree out there? Yeah. The, I think, I I don't think there's a famine in the Victor Olofsson market. <laughs> if, if there's that's no Olofsson famine. There's no Olofsson no. famine. Uh, Whereas I think like a Dylan Cousins is a little bit tougher to replace. Like, yes. That, that's, that's, that's my theory. And I think, um, like I know, Matthias Samuelsons do not. There's no Samuelson tree. Show me that tree. Show me the tree. <laughs> me. There's just Matthias Samuelsons growing on the branches. Show me that. That's what was the in the office? The Phyllis Farm. Show show me that Alex Tuck Farm. Yeah. I, I whereas I think like Victor Olson, like you can replace a guy that's kind of a defensive liability that scores a lot of goals. And also, listen. This is why I'm willing to have the conversation. To me. I'd rather have this conversation with Middlestat, and we'll do this in the offseason oh. uh, to, a, to a greater, to a, to a more expansive conversation. I want to clear spots. I want to, what I, the Sabres have unlimited, it's basically unlimited resources in terms of dollars for next year. What they don't have unlimited resources in is roster spots, especially up front. Like it's going to get crowded. It's going to get crowded quick if they want to keep everybody that they want to keep. And if you list out the guys currently that I think are a part of this team for next year, you've got a lot of locks. Thompson, Tuck, Skinner, locks. Uh, Cousins, Krebs, I would include Jack Quinn. Jack Quinn's having like the best AHL season in a long time. That's a lock. He is on this team. Asplund is a lock. Gergensen's and Oposo, given especially their locker room presence and the seasons they've had, they're locks. Is Asplund a lock? Like Asplund I think Asplund, lock? Asplund has been dynamite defensively. Like he has been one oh, of God. the best defensive forwards, I think, in the so league. So he would be like a great like Gergensen's Akposo Asplund. Put him back at center. Group. I want to put Asplund back at center on that line. Okay. I think that's a line for next year. It replace Cody Eakin. Get that guy out of here. Orange mullet man. Out. I know he's uh, I don't think Asplund like Asplund's like an eye test like guy for me. I'm like, I think he like does quite well. And that's like uh, his yeah. points don't show any of that. Right. His, his advanced numbers do though. His expected goal yeah. scores through the roof. His course okay. is through the roof. So like usually advanced right. numbers support eye test. I would say. It, yeah. It and usually, I think this it is usually confirms. Right? I would say this is one of those cases. So yeah. it's good. That's nine. And I haven't mentioned middle stat yet. I have not mentioned Paterka and I think Paterka natural progression of development. You go from rock star, you, you, get, you get drafted, rock star overseas in Europe for a year, rock star in AHL, point per game, leader of all rookies in that league. The natural progression, the natural next step is 
you're in the NHL, kid. Like, you you earned it. And I, that also does not include the fact that we forget J.J. Paterka earned a spot on this team out of training camp this season. He did. But I think, you know, hindsight 2020, they probably made the right decision. They said he was definitely one of our 12 best. But we want to give him a year to season in the NH- in the AHL. So while you earned it, we'll give you a game here or there. You, we're going to put you in the AHL. He, but he earned it last year. To me, there is no way he does not earn a spot out of camp next year. So I want to reserve a spot for him. I want to make sure the decks are cleared that he's got a spot if he if he takes it. And then I've got Middlestat. We can think, figure out what to do with him. They want to sign Vinny Hinostroza. We want them to re-sign Vinny Hinostroza, right? Like yes. two and a half, three million a year. And I think they do too. It sounds like they do. They would have traded him at the deadline, I think, for a second round pick if they didn't want that. So I'll pencil him in for now. I won't write Hinostroza in pen, but I'll pencil him in. I will I'm say he's up- upgradable for sure, though. Right. Like you I'm get at- a better version of Vinny Hinostroza. Sure, right. If they want to go sign Andre Burakovsky in free agency from Colorado, yeah. away from him, or away from Colorado, they could sign him. But again, whether it's Hino Stroza, whether it's Burakovsky, whether it's both of them, I already don't have a spot for Victor Olofsson. And I haven't included, I, I guess Anders Bjork's kind of an afterthought. He's under contract. He's a healthy scratch guy. But that's, I guess, a roster depth piece. I, I'm, all I'm saying is, it's not crazy. It's not crazy that they would trade Victor Olofsson if they think we want to keep Vinny. We want to make another addition in free agency. We're out of spots. We want Paterka to be on the team. So, yeah, let's see. Because if it becomes Olofsson versus Middlestad, Jordan, I think I think Olofsson is the more tradable asset. And I think he might be the better idea as a tradable asset. Because, one, he's scoring. I think he's more appealing to other teams to send, to, to trade. He would have more value. And also, he really doesn't fit the age of this build right now. He's going into his age 27 season. If you want to sell high, I mean, Guy is on a scoring streak right now, and he's about to be 27. That's probably about as high as his value will ever get is right now. So I'm, again, not pushing him out, but I... In the name of J.J. Paterka having a roster spot, I'm just saying I want to make sure that kid has got a spot for next year. I also think of things like complementary players. And, like, Jack Quinn is supposed to be, like, a Victor Olsen type. The Better, shot, though. Right. The, the Better, shot. though. Like, shot-wise. And it's like, not say I, I don't think Jack Quinn's going to be, like, as defensively flawed. Um, mm. But, like... Like when I think of somebody that would compliment him better, like doesn't doesn't Casey Middlestat sound like a guy that would be better suited to work with Jack Quinn or something like that than yep. than somebody like Victor Olsen? And I'm thinking like if you could trade Victor Olsen, now I know the right hand defensemen are the, the the premium, like they're yes. the premium thing. But if you could trade Victor Olsen for something like that, um, or a different piece that you think would be better suited for us, like. That's a smart move. Like, I think Victor Olsen seems like the type of guy that's a hockey trade guy. Like, mm-hmm. you trade him for something that us, one team needs, and you get something in return that we need more. Because mm-hmm. I don't I don't think Victor Olsen, the way you the way you laid it out, he's not he's just not important. He's not needed. Now, yeah. I would not push him out the door. I would not be like, 
go go away. Like we don't want you anymore. Because you could still trade him as long as you get him like at a somewhat decent deal. Mm. Especially if you have him at like a bridge, like teams would trade for that. Sure. Um. So it's like it's not it. We're not in like we're not not in like a time crunch or anything. But um. Yeah. I I'm totally. I I find it strange that people are like he's an. You have to keep him. Yeah. Yeah. He. By the way. I do wonder what that contract will look like. Think of it from his perspective. He's probably like, I scored 20 again. I'm 27 years old. I'm not signing a three-year bridge contract because what am I going to get an eight-year deal when I'm 30? Like to me, if you're Victor Olsen. He doesn't really have a choice though. Like, I guess he doesn't. He could get an offer sheet. Like go ahead, try to get one of those. He could do that, or I don't know how much. I don't really remember how the arbitration process works because it's been a while. The Sabers like to avoid it at all costs. I don't think I don't think you can Um, like arbitrate for like a eight year term, but maybe you could for a one year. Yes, I think he could do that, but like, I don't. He might do that. I'm not. I'm not threatened by Victor Olsson hitting the market. No, me neither. But again, it might be another (laughs) like it might just be another small reason to say he's tradable, uh, or he's a good. He's the one. He's the one you trade. If you trade to them. answer your question, he is for sure tradable. Yeah. And people saying that he should be on like our untradable list is that's just I, I think I get it. Like it's like we're not in the that that's kind of goes back to my stance. Like we're not in the position to just be throwing goal scorers away. But it's you're not really throwing them away. You're just like you're willing to make offers. You're making willing to move him around. Cause you're right, he does not fit with the core. Um necessarily i mean you could argue that you may want more of a more of a veteran guy within mm. the mix here than like 27 year old victor olson he's like caught in the middle yeah uh victor olson and uh florida's first for john gibson who says no uh what <laughs> <laughs> Like what a trade! Why do we want John Gibson? I'm just you know maybe we want John Gibson, and you want a right shot D, or do you want a goaltender? I probably want a right shot D. Devin Levi to come here, but I guess we don't need him anymore. (laughs) I guess that's right. Yeah, no, you're right. Gibson doesn't. (laughs) I was trying to think of a goalie you could acquire for a year or two, but you're right. Gibson, never mind. That's six more years. Uh, All right, terrible. What a a wild trade that was. I don't have a good name yet. Uh, someone that's got a right shot D, but again, those guys are hard to come by. Um, so anyways, it's a good conversation. We'll talk more about Olsen in the summer because he's like the big contract to talk about. The Sabres don't have anybody else expiring. Like it's Olsen. That's it. It's him. It's Eakin. That's an easy one. Hinostroza, we mentioned, he'll be worth talking about. Jerry, you don't want to bring Cody Eakin back? Nope. Will Butcher, Colin Miller, Mark Pesek, Jacob Bryson's an RFA. Yeah, no, this, this is... This is the this is the Victor Olofsson offseason coming up. Next so. year, if we're doing that thing where we have a guy go out and get a face off in overtime, and Have-in. then he's then he waddles back to the bench. Yes. We're gonna have a problem. <laughs> Listen, just have your face off specialist be someone that can play hockey for the first exactly. time. Have some, have we want somebody some good to some draws. We went from Sabatka to Eakin with no break in the middle of just crappy face-off specialists. <laughs> tell tell oh. Dylan Cousins to just practice face-offs like for an hour every for a Tuesday. whole summer. For a whole summer. Yeah. <laughs> Eakin fifty six percent on face-offs. He is good at face-offs. I'll give him that. He is Great. good. At Cousins is forty five percent. Who can I get that can win? How's Asplund at it? Asplund this year. Oh boy. 
Where is, he? is Middlestat really? Well, he doesn't play center anymore, I guess, right? Uh, Middlestat is at 43%. So he's bad. Asplund's uh, at 40. Is Tage Asplund, bad? <laughs> I bet Tage is 42. bad. Uh, Tage is, is uh, 40. Yeah, he's Tage. The problem with Tage, I think he's too uh, tall. They're the Sabres' <laughs> best faceoff men all play in the same line. Eakin's number one at 56. Gergensen's number two at 50. Oposo's number three at 50. Hmm. Yeah, and Gergensen, like that. Gergensen's is like a Gergensen's can play center if he wants to. Yeah, put him back at center. Him, Asplin, him and Asplin can rotate. I don't care. Just get Eakin out. <laughs> Done with him. I, think, um, I don't think we have to worry about it. I don't think there's any chance. I, He's probably I not in the league next year. By the way, I just real quick before we get out of here, we're gonna wrap up here. We just talked a little bit about Jack Quinn. Uh, fifty-six points in forty games in the in Rochester, like eighty-two games. That's one hundred and sixteen points, give or take. This was like, the guy that I'm pretty sure this is when I had my rant on Saber Draft Twitter, where it's just like this is the guy that everybody's like, "What are we drafting this guy for?" And he's like, actually, I saw, was it Byron Bader? Someone that does prospects recently had him ranked as the number two prospect in all hockey. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's spots, just a little Ken lesson. ahead of Owen Power. He was above yeah. Owen Power. And it's just a little lesson in NHL draft of all drafts. Nobody has a clue. We don't. <laughs> we don't have know, a clue. We don't know bleep about they're, it. They're high schoolers. How could you? How could you know? All right, uh, more draft like, talk. But like, it, it is fun to it is fun to to taunt them. I, I know, I know, June listen, is coming up soon. Our listeners do not remember this when we are telling you why the Sabers should draft so and so in the twenty twenty three. I don't do that twenty twenty two NHL draft. But we gotta, you gotta, you gotta, we gotta put no, on. You the... do, and I go, I go. Well, who knows? I hate that. You can't say who knows. No one wants the who knows guy. We want Stephen A. and Kendrick Perkins yelling at each other. I, I can't. I can't sit here game. and say that I'm. I'm avidly watching the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds play the Barry Colts in January. Listen, we do it with the NFL draft, and we don't know bleep about the NFL draft either. Oh, GMs don't know about <laughs> the best GMs in the league. The best the people that have these million dollar operations to analyze draft picks. They bat like forty percent. Nobody's good at it. Nobody can do it. Nobody can do it successfully. But that's why we can't be so adamant. (laughs) Can't just be like this guy. You're you're telling a 17 year old that he was a bad pick. He was horrible. (laughs) uh, Alex Nylander was and always will be a bad pick. Um, All right, that's it for us. That was we were right with that one. What do we got for the Saber schedule coming up? We've got uh, the Devils on Thursday. Oh, speaking of the Devils, the Devils play the Golden Knights tonight. So Big. go Devils, go Lindy, beat those Golden Knights. He's going to get them fired, the right? I hope not. Uh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> all right, that's it for us here on Locked On Sabres. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. Now go make your second listen. Locked On Fantasy Hockey hosts Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. We will talk to you tomorrow here on Locked On Sabres.